0: I have to explain my message this morning. I only have my stories. So me and uh, a person used to work with me for nine months, nine years, which my secretary, which remained nameless, Linda, and so we used to always argue what is the strongest letter in the alphabet uh, just because she likes to argue and I like to argue. We always settle on the letter K because the letter K has a king post and sheer strength. She would come back because she was LB and I was KD. Well, I got to win because I got the K. And so we always went back and forth. And just as ludicrous as that sounds, the things that go on in an office. And then I flow back to my years of being young. I would watch this show called Sesame Street. And, uh, yeah, that's why you don't do drugs, all right, right now? (laughs) Um, So... I went back to that Sesame Street. I was always amazed when I watched it, it would say, and Sesame Street was brought to you today by the letter whatever, B, K, J. And I thought, amazing. Well, I'm going to say this to you today. The message today is brought to you by the letter H. And you think, you'll find out just in a minute. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, you are so great. i seen them young people singing, Lord, and I just thought, oh, oh God, how good you are to this congregation. i seen a man that was in my group for many years come in late with his two kids. And I thought, oh, thank you for him, Father. And Lord, thank you, Father, for all that you've done for this congregation. And Father, today, I just pray that you would have your will and way in this message I know it's from you, Lord. Father, pray that I would explain it and talk about it like it should be talked about. So give me the wisdom I need to go on and guide and direct us and bless this service for your sake and get what you want out of it, Father. And touch those hearts that need to be touched. Rebuke those who need to be rebuked and and give joy to the ones that need joy. Father, I know this last three or four weeks I've touched all those areas So, Father, thank you, Father, this morning for the letter H. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't think that the letter really is the strongest, what it is physically. I think what the letter represents is what is the most important. And today we're going to be talking about the letter H. And the first letter that comes up is HOME. From the very beginning of the Bible, the devil has tried to destroy the harmony between men and women. We see that example right first in the Bible of the Garden of Eden, how he divided the home and he had the Garden of Eden and had them kicked into a sin-cursed earth, which is a fixer-upper, but just think how he had to ruin it for the man and the woman, and he's still doing it to this day. For the example, a harmony between the brothers Cain and Abel. He killed his brother over jealousy. I had a brother, and we had brothers, and we chased each other and abused one another, but we never killed one another. <clears throat> Not after that. He's after your home, uh, your city, and your country. Ask yourself, what do you think's going on? Is, you can't blame the Democrats, only it's Satan who's taking over. And that's what he's doing. He's coming after our country. He's coming after our homes. He's coming after our families. And he wants to turn it into just like Sodom and Gomorrah. He wants to take God out of every walk of life. Husbands and his wife Sarah and Hagar, look at the mess <laughs> that started forever. We're just still dealing with it, to be honest. Again in Genesis 29, Esau and Jacob, how there's always been struggles in the home and brothers and sisters and family. He hates the home. He hates everything it stands for. His playlist is evil against humanity. You may be hurting today, but there is truly hope. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Home. I'm going to do a lot of verses today. We will turn to a couple, but for the sake of time, I need to read these verses to get through this. Uh, There are a lot of H's. (laughs) Oh my goodness, what's that guy think he's going to do? So let's get through them. Home. When he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, I have found my sheep which was lost. Look how home is with home and friends and and, and neighbors, and look what they're doing to rejoice. I know today neighbors aren't very friendly, but back when I was around, um, home was important because we had neighbors that were important. Like last night, uh, Casey calls me, and he says, Hey, you got any food? (laughs) Of course we got food. We're Baptists and we're doties. That's all that we have. So he brought his family over, and they dined on leftovers upon leftovers, and and Tanner came over and dined upon leftovers upon leftovers, till at 10.30 before he left, he had a bowl of cereal, and the reason why that's so funny, we used to call him the cereal killer, because when he was a little kid, he just eats cereal, and we call him the cereal killer. Home. When I grew up, my neighbors were very important. We helped each other and we could borrow cups of sugar and flour. And you think, what's the big deal? Well, nothing was open on Sunday. And there was no 24 hour places you could buy things. So when you ran out of something, you would keep a good relationship with your neighbors so you could borrow stuff. Home is a place of refuge, it's a place of relaxation. Just if you get to come to my house, you will see me in some loose-fitting clothes, in my black chair, trying to <laughs> just let life go by. It's a place of joy. It's a place of happiness. And it's a very good place to cry. I'm not going to tell you what. Me and my wife watched the show the other night. And the last 30 minutes, we were bawling like little kids. <laughs> and nobody's watching. It's a good place to cry. And sometimes we have to cry for other things, but we do cry. And it's a place to pray. Last night, uh, I don't know what it is, but every time i got to be up here in front of you guys, it's a bad night. And it's always about midnight. That, none, that guy comes, and, and I wake up, and I think, this is not normal. Normally I sleep. The drugs get me through. But then I wake <laughs> up, and yeah, <laughs> they, they do. But why? Why tonight, Lord? Why tonight? So I get down there and I pray and I ask God to help me and guide me and direct me. And and God, give me wisdom above my years because I have very little. It's a good place to pray. You should be careful who you let in your home. That's Hezekiah did. Be careful who you let in your home. It's a place on earth just for you, family, friends, and neighbors. When we talked about the lost sheep, it says, I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven when one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. I won't name his name, but there was a man came to my office Wednesday, and I got to lead this man to the Lord. I quoted this verse to him. I said, <clears throat> that verse that I just quoted, I quoted it and I said, now this man is For eternity have a home in the house of God, a place in heaven. How home has an eternity. You may not think it's a big deal, but this gentleman's fairly, he's my age, (laughs) which is old. And I said, you don't know how lucky you were at this age to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because most people from 12 and on get saved. But after 12, it's very little and very few. Home is a place in heaven. That's where our Father is, at home. The next word is heaven. And the Lord looked down upon heaven, upon the children of men, to see if there were any that did understand to seek God. Well, Wednesday, this gentleman called and said, Tuesday, he goes. I need to uh, get this salvation thing squared away. I said, well, come on in, let's talk about it. He goes, no. He says, I'm going to come in on Wednesday. I thought, okay, I'll be here. What time? Ten o'clock. See, he was seeking God. He's been hearing the preaching of the Word of God. Hearing. He that hath an ear, let him hear. And it was ministering to his heart. And he found. This man was seeking God and found them. And I had the privilege of being there. And I, I, I believe I've gained a friend. Also, a brother in Christ. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see the good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. As real as home is, heaven is real. It's where our heavenly father lives. And he's watching. He's watching each and every one of us right now. I said, Well, what do you No, he's watching each and every one of us right now. He's watching those who are sleepy. He's watching those who are, are fidgety. He's watching those who are saying, I can't wait till this guy gets over. But how are we handling each other? He's watching from heaven because it's a real place. I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus came down, talk about heaven and and tell him about our heavenly father and give his life as we should. See, he left his home to come to hear To help us so we may hear the word of God. Home in heaven. He has seen it. And he's been there and he realizes the grandeur and the father and and the, ooh, there's no heat. (laughs) Let me tell you, go look in your Bible about hot. Zero references of heat. He's in heaven. I don't know if last time you checked. Anything that way north is really super cold. Oh, how could you live in a cold place? Well, if you had a perfect body, you could. That's a study for another time. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that casteth unto the sea and gathereth every kind. I'm going to say something that's going to shock you. I hope it sort of does. I know there's going to be some of my wonderful Nazarene friends in heaven. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you (laughs) said that. Oh, I know there's going to be some of my wonderful evangelical friends in heaven. And there's going to be some Baptists in heaven. Because there's a universal church. And I'm just going to shock you. When you see heaven, it doesn't say Baptist at the door. How many people get hung up on that? There's going to be a lot of folks there. And it's the biggest surprise, you're going to be there. That has to be the biggest surprise. And it's funny, then, the Lord says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout of the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. I know what this is talking about, but he is not sending anyone to do his job. He's coming to do his job himself. The Lord himself. But Jesus said, suffer the little children, forbid them not, to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. That's why i seen that man walk in with his two kids. He used to be in my youth group, and he knows who he is. He came and hung out with us, and he had some issues in life, like every young person does. But it says, that's why I know God is in charge, because the smallest child can say, Lord... Save me, Lord. And he asked Jesus Christ to save him, and God will save that little child, knowing that he's a sinner, but that's all he knows. And God will save that oldest person in that, in that old folks' home and, 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 and getting ready to pass on the life and, and lived a li- rotten life his whole life, but someone comes to him and shows him the Word of God. I, I did that with my real dad. I, I, I forced it, and I told him. I said, Dad, I never had much time with him. And about getting saved, and he made a confession of faith. I just pray to God. My dad meant that when he got saved, but he'll save the oldest person. It's not about your name. It's not about your pedigree. It's not about your money. It's not about your talent. It's about Jesus Christ is the only hope of the world. Home on earth, home in heaven. If the door on the right, because I'm (laughs) right-handed... is heaven. And this this pulpit is home. Home is a primary place of one's existence where you live. But the sad part on my left-hand side, because there's a goat on the right, and I say, well, we're looking at me," but I'm sure it's how God looks from his side. The heavens on his right, home is in the center, and hell is on the left. Some people will have their life in hell. And it says, fear not, and them that which can kill the body. I had a, we had My wife hurt her finger, and she had to have her ring cut off, and we went to a jeweler, but actually the jeweler was on, one of my best men at my wedding, so she's having a hard time, but I said, well, he was there when we put it on, and we'll get it back on, sweetheart. And one thing he said to me, well, they can come rob me. I just don't want them to kill me. I, okay. But it says this, it says, Fear not them which can kill the body, but those who are able to kill the soul. But rather fear, but not able to kill the soul. But rather fear them which are able to destroy the body, both soul and body in hell. See, the rich man had talked about that. Why don't you go ahead and turn to Luke 16? I won't have you turn to too many verses because I would never get through all this. And believe it or not, this isn't even a salvation message. But you have home, you have heaven, and then you have hell. And in Luke 16, 23, Luke sixteen twenty three, it says, And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham from afar off, and lay at Lazarus in his bosom. And if you're familiar with the story, it's the rich man and Lazarus. But look at 27, and I think this is probably one of the, the saddest verses I've heard, This next two verses, 27 and 28. And he said unto them, I pray, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. My father's house. And verse 28 says, For I have five brethren, that they may testify unto them, lest they should come into this place of torment. He was in such pain. He asked the father... Father Abraham, send for someone to tell my brethren of this horrible place. And look at 1624. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, I have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of my finger in the water and the cool of my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. The sad part is there's a house of flame and torment forever. And if you don't believe that, just do a little study on hot. There's nothing good about heat in the Bible. Some of my people think, it's hell on earth. Well, to be honest with you, earth is a playground compared to hell. Revelation says this, for I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys to hell and death. Why is Jesus a big deal? Jesus Christ. The gentleman I talked to on Wednesday, he said, you know, I talked to God." I said, "Well, God's word, oh, God is wonderful. But it's Jesus Christ is the vehicle to God." That's why Jesus Christ is a big deal. If he's got the keys to death and hell, and the and the, and the door on the left is always open, And the door is unlocked. And it talks about people going into hell every day, every moment, every hour, every second, by the thousands. They're going into that unlocked door into hell. But as well as the keys to the right, Christ has the lock on that key to heaven. And one day he will unlock that key and take his people to heaven in Revelation 21. It says, if any man, no, says, I am the Father. I, my Father's house, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, ye may be also. If you have a home on earth that the devil's attacking, I heard news of a guy. He said, we went to this diner place, and he said so-and-so was at the bar. This so-and-so was in my life for 20 years. Knew him as a kid, went through my youth group, went to his wedding, has kids. He's lost his hope. His home is in shambles. Because the devil's beating the tar out of him. And let me tell you today, if, if the devil's beating the tar out of your home, you get on your knees and pray and fast and ask God to intervene because he is your strength. He is your Redeemer. He is the one and the only one that can help you. The devil is attacking every marriage and every young person and every home of any standard whatsoever because the standards are blown out the world. It says, Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope is in thy word. He didn't leave us alone, guys. He left us with this. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He left us with this. I don't know about you, but when I'm scared, who who, who do I go to? I'm going to wake my wife, look at the stupid dog. When I'm scared, I get on my knees and I say, Oh, Father. Father, I'm scared. I'm scared of what I see. I see my grandkids grow up in a world where they let little people choose whether they're boys or girls. You know that's wrong. That's worldly. That's why I said if any man love the world, the love of the father's not in him. See, the world is going to go so far left, so far left, because the devil's influencing those people and in houses and in and in places of influence to take it so far left that the world will be so crazy. No, you're a boy or you're a girl. I seen a thing on news and they were arguing with the person and they were, this lady was giving it to them. She's nine years old, and he wants to be a girl. Well, she's a boy. She wants to be a girl. No, she's a boy. You say, How ridiculous. No, how ridiculous. It says, Rejoice in hope and patience in tribulation. Continue instant in prayer. Rejoice in hope and patient in tribulation. Continue instant in prayer. Get on your knees fast. Tell the Lord, Father, please help me. And then here is the thing. I went to eat somewhere, and this lady came back three weeks later, and she says, so what church do you go to? I go, what do you mean? She goes, you gave me that tract three weeks ago, that thing three weeks ago. But it said, sanctify the Lord in your heart, and be ready to give an answer to every man that asketh the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. See, there is hope. And the problem is, if you're a Christian, you're one of the only people that have a bag of hope. You have a bag of hope. And how you talk and who you see and who you give. Give that young person a $20 tip with a track. He may only read the track because you gave him 20 bucks. But ask yourself, is a soul worth $20? You want to get their attention, give him 100 Oh, that's being a bad steward. Is a soul worth? Worth $100. Yeah. Help. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me, O Lord. Make haste to help me. What do you mean? We all need help. The Dodies need help. The DeMichaels need help. The Hans need help. The Rhett. I lose names up here. Yeah. Help. The Steinbos need help. I look at Max back there. Max needs a lot of help. <laughs> nice, my friend. We need help. Nobody's an island here, folks. We need help. And it's okay to say, God, I need help. I need you, God. I need some help today. I need some help. Daily. God, I need help. Like, when you hear somebody crying for help, there was a guy who fell off. You probably heard the news, and he fell off a cruise ship, and he was out in the Indian Ocean, wherever the ocean he was, for 16 or 18 hours. And this other place found him in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, I, I've been in the middle of the ocean. A bad thing. A ship is small, let alone a body. Help! You know when that guy, that vessel or whoever found him, he's he seen that guy. I'll bet you that guy got, uh, was praising God right about there and he may, he may not have knew God, but I guarantee six, 15 hours in the ocean by yourself, you'd get to know where God is. God, I need your help today. And God has helped me through my lifetime many times when I've cried out to him, "God help me, help me with my kids. Help me with my marriage!" Help me with the brethren. Help me, God, with myself. Help me, Lord. Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Man can't help you unless they're saving your life, this dumb mistake you made. But the only one can help you is man. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in a time of help, in a time of need. We need to ask our Heavenly Father for help to obtain mercy. I was praying before I came down here, and I said, God, you know, God, um, thank you for being merciful to me. And he goes, yeah, I've seen a lot of stupid things you've done. I go, oh, yeah, there are almost countless. He goes, I know. Thank you for being merciful to me. Then I started naming a bunch of you guys. And I started naming a bunch of your names. Thank you being merciful to this person and this person and this person and this person. Help us, Lord. It's okay to say I could use some help. This one man was having problems, I can't tell you the much story. A serious problem. Lost neighbors came to their door. What's up? We heard about your problem. You're not going through this alone. They all went in there, 16 of them, and stayed with him for five or six hours till he went to sleep at midnight. Lost people. Help. Be willing to help. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Bible says about hearing. You know, you ought not talk bad about old people. I'm losing my hearing, I'm losing my eyesight. I've got to start wearing glasses when they come in. I'm just stressing about that. I can't even see you. <laughs> I have a friend named George Utley. Guy with no arms. He lives in Nashville. He is my personal friend. We are the same age and everything. Grew up the same era. But the thing is, George can't hear very well. He always called me, hey, Nino. George, it's Kendall. I know Nino. <laughs> And when he doesn't have his hearing aids, he can't hear you. So wherever we go, we have to be together because of room noise, he can't hear you. We've had Bible studies, we've had conversations, we've had food. I cut his food up for him and stand across from him and talk to him. And he's just glad to be with Neno. And I think, oh God, why can't I have that attitude? I can hear. I can hear. Because I'm telling you, that's how I got saved. Some lady caught me in the back of a Grange Hall one mile south from here and said, I want to show you something. And I'm just an old bad person sitting there. Okay, what can you do to hurt me showing me anything? And she showed me the gospel and the plan of salvation. And before I left that building, I confessed Jesus as my Savior. And I got home and one of my friends was wanting to smoke some Simpsomillion. And I said, hey, I got saved. And he looked at me like, What does that mean? I go, I don't know, but he left. I didn't know what it was either. And that's what's so special about God. A a crazed maniac of a man. God saved, and he brought my mind back. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Those by the wayside are they that hear. And believe me, a lot of my friends, me and Shelly used to bring in all our friends to the Grange Hall. And say one or two times. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Many people hear, but they push salvation away. I know I need to be saved, but I'm gonna tell you this: it's a time and a place for salvation. So when faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Jody brought me that Bible, and I didn't even know. I was, barely could read. I was a bad man, and she read the verses out loud for me. And she said, do you understand? And I go, I understand. And do you understand this? Oh, I understand. And you understand? I understand. I hear you. And I heard it, for whosoever is called the name, shall be saved. But I to believe in thy heart. I said, well, I, I really need that. There's no doubt I need it. She goes, well, would you like to do that right now? Most people ushered out. We're gone. Yeah, I, I could do that. She handled me. Oh, you women, she handled me sweet and sensitive and kindful, And I would never seen that, and I embraced it. Can I show you something? I'm going to start doing that. Everybody I see, that can I show you something? Most people go, oh, yeah, what do you want to do with me? The heart. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me, and try my reins and, and my heart. Let me ask you this. When is the last time you said, Lord, <laughs> examine me, O Lord, and prove me, and try my reins and my heart? When's the last time we asked God to do that to us? Well, you're mad at that person, you're mad at that person, you're mad at that person. I know I'm mad, but try my heart. Well, I'm trying your heart. Listen up, cowboy. Okay. Psalm said, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and such that has been of a contrite spirit. Today, you might have a broken heart. And in all honesty, I think there are a lot of broken hearts. But I'm going to say this. Read your factory warranty. God made your heart. So if you have a broken heart, wouldn't you ask the guy who made it? Would you not? Lord, uh, I have a broken heart. I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm frustrated. I'm betrayed. I, I don't like those people around me. I don't like this. And my heart is broken, Lord. God, what will you do for me, Father? Oh, God says, oh, I was waiting to hear you say that. Create in me, oh God, a clean heart. Oh God, and renew the right spirit in me. It says, if we shall confess with thy mouth that Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You mean i got to confess with my mouth and believe in my heart and you'll save me? Yeah, I will. I I, I understood that when I heard it. I thought, that's that's so simple, I can't believe it. It's it's too simple. Salvation is too simple. That's why God made it simple. So you can't buy it, you can't bottle it, you can't pickle it. You can't use it against someone. Happy. Who doesn't want to be happy? See, the Lord's in the heart business. The Lord's in the heart business. I think my wife seen her kids at the table last night, and the grandkids just eating all that food. <laughs> and they're, just, they're going back for thirds and fourths and just eating all that food. And my wife cooked for two, well, she went to the store for two days, and she cooked for two days, and, because they don't have any idea. Oh, <laughs> well, we'll do the dishes. Wow, gee, thanks. <laughs> the reason why I know that I'm, I'm the bag boy at the <coughs> store now. That's what happens when you get old. I'll carry those bags. I mean, my wife gets in a fight every once in a while because she thinks a cart, that you have the top of the cart, it can go this high. She thinks it can do that. I said, this is embarrassing. It makes us look like we are afraid of carts or something. I mean, can't we get another cart and just put some of that stuff? Because what if it falls and breaks and, and then we're trying to, and we're just, no, there's plenty of room. I used to have kids in the cart too. And they would eat in the cart. Well, that's their problem. They're all eaters. They eat on the cart and, and the cart's getting huge. Can't we just get another cart? All right, you get another cart. Thank you. Happy is the man that get a carts. <laughs> Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that geteth understanding. I was talking to one of my sons last night about wisdom. He's gone through some things. And he said, Wow, Dad, I, so now that he's 26, he's mature. So now he has wisdom and he sees wisdom. He understands wisdom. Because just four or five years ago he wanted to kill. Now he understands wisdom. And understanding is the battle. It's called maturity. He that handles the matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusts in the Lord, happy is he. Deal with the good in your life and be happy. It says, but if you suffer... For righteousness' sake, happy are ye. But listen to this and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. It says, But if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, be happy are ye. And it says, But be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. They can't hurt you, they can only talk bad about you. And if the Spirit is with you and protecting you and and guiding you and directing you, He will fight your battle. Just don't jump in the same barrel pit with them and hash it out. Someone says something bad about you on, on that social world out there, just leave it alone. You don't understand, I can't get away with it. They never got away with it because every word rightly spoken, God sees the words that they say about his children. When someone would say something bad about my children, unjustly, not only would I get sort of mad, my wife got really mad. How different is your heavenly Father in heaven when he sees people talking bad about his children? He gets mad, but thank God he has grace. You don't need to correct anybody. You don't need to set the record straight. You don't know, I ought to tell them what I think. Why? Why? So you can just answer something foolishly, create anger, rest in the booth of fools. So you can, a word fitly spoken. Happiness is a choice. And some people forbid to be happy. And I understand. We've gone through some things lately. I understand we haven't had some very happy days lately, but all I got to do is think about well, my wife still loves me, my kids are healthy, my grandkids are saved and healthy. Most all my all my kids are saved, my grandkids are saved, most of them, and I'm healthy. Oh Lord, God, forgive me for being (laughs) stupid and not understanding Your wisdom. See, He wants to help you just got to sort of let them help you. Households, we're just almost done. As we have therefore the opportunity, let us do good unto all men. That's a pretty big verse, isn't it? Especially unto them that are of the household of faith. Brother, you don't understand. I don't like that person in my church. I get it. They probably don't like you either. God didn't ask you that. God told you to be good to them. Just go read your Bible, what God says about your enemies. <laughs> you probably treat them better than some of the brethren. Because, all good, somebody starts ripping on the brethren that you don't like. You're all, yeah, yeah, let's devour that man. Especially unto the household of faith. Be a good brother. How many people had brothers or sisters in their life? Raise your hand. Most everybody and there was the brother that always probably was good and understanding. Maybe you were that person. And there was a brother or sister that was extremely irritating and obnoxious. Be a good brother. Be a good sister. Stick up for them. says this, Now therefore, ye are more strangers and foreigners, fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God. There is a household of man. The home, the household of church, close to the home. There's the household of heaven, the household of heaven which Jesus Christ has the keys of eternity and foreverness. There's also the household of hell, and many people are going to be there. And it's our job, it's our opportunity to have that bag. Of mercy and grace and love and understanding and charity and kindness and help. I don't know about you, I see people asking for money all the time, and and, and I, I just go, That guy could just have a job because there's a million jobs everywhere. But nobody knows that guy could have went through a divorce. His kids could have something could happen to one of his kids. His he could be strung out on something. That guy needs help. Help. And he needs to hear about the household of God and about the Lord Jesus Christ, and about how he can be happy. Because to be honest with you, for 21 years, I really wasn't a happy man. I was a heathen in the worst way. But when I got saved, something changed. I was going to, we went to the Grange, and there's like 65 old people. I won't bore you with the story, I've said it enough, but you go to a church with 65 old people when you're 21 years old and you were just cool the other day right but you know what those old people were they were nice and you could tell i didn't fit in there but they didn't run me off they wanted to invite me out to lunch and one time ben Lillard, god bless his soul he invited me over for dinner me and my wife to listen to jerry Falwell tapes i don't know about you when you're young, you eat dinner, and then you go in and sit in the chair and listen to Jerry Falwell tapes. It's pretty uncomfortable, really. I mean, there's no TV. It's tapes. he's like, yeah. And the sad part, this boy that asked me to buy him beer, which I did many times, came to ask me to buy him beer. And I said, hey, I can't buy you beer. I got saved. And I was fresh, early, newly married and I invited him to come to church, which was good, but he went to dinner at Ben's house. <laughs> and then he got to sit and listen to tapes for an hour and a half, probably at least, of Jerry Falwell. And not that that's bad, but I'm telling you, tensions were high. <laughs> I was asking, how do I get out of here? I got it and my wife goes, Kendall, they fed you. <laughs> And I got through it. And it was a great time. But I've never seen that guy since. I don't know if he got saved. But man, he'll say, I'll never ask anybody to buy me beer ever again. Because this is what happens when you buy beer. You're locked in an old man's house. Listen to Jerry Falwell tapes. It's one thing to see it on TV, right? But it's listen, just to hear. So let me ask you today. Next time you see the letter H... And there are a lot of H's. I could have made this, drug this out forever. But I wanted to talk about hell, home and heaven, and hearing, and hope, and happy. Things that are important. You know the sad part is? We as Christians, we carry that with us every day. You carry a tool bag with you that has the most important things in the whole world, and we brush up against people and they got, oh, sorry about my tool bag, sorry about my tool bag. And they just brush off and they walk away. When You have all this ammunition and all this stuff. Oh, and you have a heart. And you ask God to examine your heart and help you. Man, there's not a better way to go. I don't know how a lost people live their lives. But I thank God for the day that I heard the word of God. And it changed my life. And see, the thing is, it didn't stop changing my life. It's still changing my life. How about you? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and not only thank you, Father, for your mercy upon us, we thank you for hope. We thank you for those in our lives that made a difference. Oh, Lord, I could just go down the down the line, and tell people so many people's names who made a difference in my life, and they they did it begrudgingly. They they didn't do it for any other reason but to glorify their Savior, which is in heaven. So, fathers, Christians today, may we leave this building anew and have that revamped spirit, that excellent spirit of whoever we find out there that we will humble ourselves and say, "Hey, man, I." show you something make a difference in someone's life today Lord maybe it's a waiter or a waitress maybe it's an aunt or an uncle maybe it's a brother or sister maybe it's your own parents but God you came into our life and you changed us for the better Father I think about what I was and I don't even know that person God I'm in love with you and you you said you're in love with us Oh, Father, I've failed you. I've done wrong. Lord, and I've even embarrassed you probably many times. Oh, Lord, thank you for help. Thank you for helping my kids, helping my wife. Thank you, Lord, for helping my grandkids. Thank you, Mother, for helping the brethren here. Oh, Lord, thank you for your help. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. All right, stand up. Let's turn to 399. 399, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow. Mark Rao, why don't you come on up and dismiss us in a word of prayer? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, what a gracious and encouraging message this morning about uh, our homes and our household and our families. And God, we pray above all that we just be faithful to the end in all things, Lord. We thank you for the fellowship that we have together this morning and the encouragement. That you gave us this morning through your word and as we go out of here i pray that we would go out into this world in confidence and faith and in love toward those around us in your name we pray amen